You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported. Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting remotely for WFHB, this is Cade Young. And I'm Sydney Foreman. This is the WFHB Local News for Wednesday, May 20th, 2020. Later in the program, our weekly consumer watchdog segment, Better Beware, hosted by Richard Fish. Also coming up in the next half hour, Cade Young talks to the founder of Quarantine Buddies, a Google form started by an IU student to connect those in isolation. But first, your local headlines. The Bloomington Redevelopment Commission approved a purchase agreement with Real America for 1730 South Walnut Street, also known as the former Night Move site. Housing and Neighborhood Development Director Doris Sims said the property would be developed into affordable housing and would partner with Stonebelt. Their development will be partnering with Stonebelt, where 20% of the units will be going to Stonebelt residents, and they will also have a program manager on site. Uh, to assist the Stonebelt residents. Sims said Real America is experienced in affordable and low-income housing. Commission member Cindy Kinarney asked City Attorney Larry Allen about property financing. So the purchase price is, is a dollar, and the group has a year to secure financing. And I think it said in there that the closing shall be within 150 days of approval or something along those lines. But what happens if the financing falls through and the property's been conveyed? Can you speak to that? So the way this is set up is that because the financing has to be secured first, it won't have been conveyed. We won't have closed on the property, basically, until the financing is secured. Uh, we, we set it up. There are kind of two avenues that we can go through. Uh, as, as you all are aware from some of our other agreements, uh, the RDC is able to, in its purchase agreements, have uh, either a, a repurchase clause, uh, either a far, for right of first refusal or a reversionary clause in its purchase agreements, or we could set it up like this, which kind of gives us some security. Real America Vice President of Development Jeff Ryan said they would build approximately 60 affordable living units with a mix of bedroom numbers. He said the apartments would be mixed with five levels of affordability, ranging from 30 to 80 percent of area median income. Governor Eric Holcomb issued an executive order putting a halt on evictions and foreclosures until the state of emergency expires on June 4th. As record numbers of people are out of work, local activist groups are calling for a list of demands to protect people from being evicted. Hoosier Action started a petition to protect Monroe County residents from COVID-19 evictions. The organization said their goal was to reach at least 500 supporters. The petition asked the mayor of Bloomington, the city council of Bloomington, the Monroe County commissioners, and the Monroe County Council to do everything in their power to prevent evictions as a result of the COVID-19 crisis and to protect those already experiencing homelessness by following a number of demands. Those demands include keeping public restrooms and facilities open, letting people use public spaces and benches as shelter if necessary, putting a moratorium on water and utility shutoffs, establishing a rent relief program, developing a local plan to inform renters of their rights, 
and asking judges to stay all local eviction orders. The petition said, quote, All Hoosiers, no matter where we come from, what our color or religious tradition, deserve a safe place to live. During COVID-19, this is more important than ever, since we must shelter in place to protect everyone's health. End quote. Hoosier Action said due to COVID-19, there are an estimated 43,800 newly low-income renters in Indiana and an estimated 205,837 low-income houses will require rental assistance in the wake of the pandemic. The organization said, quote, In order to prevent a massive wave of evictions, an increase in Hoosiers experiencing homelessness, we must take swift action to protect Hoosier renters and those already experiencing housing insecurity, end quote. More information can be found at HoosierAction.org. Bloomington Parks and Recreation Community Relations Manager Julie Ramey provided an update about virtual programming during their May 19th Board of Park Commissioners meeting. She said multiple virtual events have been available for children of all ages. Banneker Community Center in particular has been cranking out lots of virtual programming for their preschool programming, the youth programs, and the teen programs. Our community event staff has planned several community-wide events, a uh, tie-dye shirts and how to make puffy chalk, and Rebecca and her natural resources staff have been just doing an amazing series called What's in My Backyard, everything from plants to baby bunnies. Ramey said programming can be found on the Banneker Community Center Facebook page and the City of Bloomington IN Parks and Recreation Facebook page. She said the Bloomington Farmers Market Facebook page also provides public market updates. She said any park updates can be found on the Bloomington, Indiana Parks Department website. So we've been updating the website and social media pages for all of those events, trying to be the source for all of that parks and recreation information. Of course, like it says on the cover of our program guide, before you head out to a facility or head out to use a park, you can always call the Parks and Recreation Department at 812-349-3700 to get the latest and greatest, or visit our website at bloomington.in.gov parks. Look up your favorite park or check out the calendar for your favorite program to see what its status might be. It's a moving target. Things are changing all the time. So we're just doing our best to keep pushing out uh, information as we know, dates as we know them, rescheduled dates as we know them, and keep everyone informed. Recreation Services Director Becky Higgins said Kid City will still offer in-person summer camp. She said the staff has diligently researched safe ways to provide a similar camp experience. Policies have been put in place that will screen participants and limit social circles the best that we can. Camp will look different this summer. Campers will be divided by age, will not be divided by age, but actually kept um, in consistent groupings that keep siblings together to create the greatest, to the extent that we can. Um, Parents will drop off and pick up campers outside due to the number of limited people inside buildings, and we are following strict hand hygiene and building disinfecting procedures um, as well. Staff will be wearing face coverings, and we have asked that the campers wear them as well when they're indoors, and there have been many health and safety protocols that have been put in place. 
We look forward to spending lots of time outside this summer and many fun activities that include physical distancing. Higgins said the Bloomington 4th of July parade was canceled. She said the Bloomington Parks and Recreation Department was one of 15 agencies nationwide to receive a Parks as Community Nation Hubs Expanding Access to Healthy Foods grant from the National Recreation and Park Association. Our department was picked nationally for support of our efforts around increasing access to meals, providing nutrition education, and implementing a nutrition hub model. The focus is on addressing food insecurity by increasing valuable nutrition resources to underserved residents. I'd like to specifically call out Eric Pearson, Corey Hawkins, and Jess Klein, who worked together to apply for this two-year grant totaling $80,000. Sports Services Director John Turnbull said no lifeguard training can take place until the social distancing order has been lifted. He said opening pools would be complicated. He said many surrounding local pools will not be opening. Operations Director Dave Williams provided an update that pervious pavement was laid in front of the 3rd Street Park stage. Bloomington Police Department arrested a murder suspect after a woman was found dead in her boyfriend's apartment. According to a press release, Bloomington Police Department is investigating a stabbing at an apartment complex on the south side of the city. 59-year-old man John Bryant of Bloomington was arrested and charged with murder. The press release described the incident. It said on May 16, 2020, officers from the Bloomington Police Department responded to an address in the 1300 block of North Crescent Road in reference to a missing person report. A 20-year-old man reported that he had not seen nor heard from his 50-year-old mother since she left their shared residence on May 6th to go to her boyfriend's apartment. The boyfriend was identified as John Bryant. The press release said on May 18th at approximately 2.15 p.m., Officers were called to Bryant's apartment in the 700 block of East Alpine Trail by a friend of the victim's son as she had located the missing woman's vehicle parked nearby. She reported that when she knocked on Bryant's door to see if the missing woman was inside the apartment, he refused to allow her inside. Officers made contact with Bryant, who eventually allowed officers inside to determine if the victim was there. As officers entered Bryant's apartment, they immediately noticed something on the living room floor that had been covered in blankets that appeared to be the size of a human body. Officers removed the blankets and located a deceased female with multiple stab wounds on her back. Bryant was immediately detained and transported to the police department for an interview. Due to the condition of the victim's body, it is believed that the victim had been deceased for several days. An autopsy was scheduled for the morning of May 19th. After the interview, John Bryant was remanded to custody of the Monroe County Jail. For the charge of murder. The Richland Bean Blossom School Board approved a new school corporation logo and mission statement during their May 18th meeting. Superintendent Jerry Sanders said RBB received a Ready School Planning grant in August of 2019. STEM coach and program coordinator Jamie Miller said the changes would redefine their identity as a school district. This idea that we really have this small town feel, a caring environment, um, a community that just genuinely shows up for our kids. Um, and alongside the opposite or the, you know, the flip side of that juxtaposed against that is the daring identity um, that as a corporation and as a community, it was evident that families and students and teachers are really um, demonstrating a growth mindset and a willingness to take instructional risks 
um, and to try new things, to embrace kind of this evolving definition of learning and teaching that is necessary to prepare our students um, for a very different workforce um, than any of us were maybe educated into um, through school. And of course, all in pursuit of preparing them for um, this evolution post-graduation. The idea that we're not necessarily preparing students for a lifelong career anymore, but really an opportunity to demonstrate resilience and adaptability. Miller said the new logo captures each school's colors and refers to the Richland history. The logo just really captures, hopefully, who we are representing each of the schools and the colors of those schools in this leaf shape um, that speaks to the history of the district um, and the idea of the rich land and the bean blossom townships along with um, the edge of the woods and just a lot of um, natural roots there, but also the idea of that growth and that evolution that we're willing to embrace change and embrace um, ongoing lifelong learning. Miller said a related logo would be assigned to each school. She said the logo supports the new mission statement. That we're a caring, daring, and preparing school district, a family who cares about our students, their families, and the community. We dare to promote bold innovations to help all learners succeed and to prepare them to change their world for the better. Miller said all grades will be working towards a graduate-ready profile. She said the profile would allow students to be successful in any post-high school plans. She said the profile is structured by six skills. Creating um, graduates who are effective communicators and collaborators, who are able to think critically and innovate. So think outside the box and continue to press norms um, and are compassionate and resilient individuals. So within those, there are additional um, descriptors. And then over the next school year, the 2021 school year, grade level teams and building teams um, will work to build out what these character traits look like at every grade level. Miller said students would also be exposed to continuous awareness of potential career paths. Now it's time for your feature reports. Coronavirus has forced college campuses across the country to close. For students, this doesn't leave room for a social life, not in a conventional way. During the spring semester, college students remain physically isolated from friends, classmates, and professors. However, one student at Indiana University saw an opportunity to connect others in a time of social isolation. Evan Katrin is a student at IU who started a Google form to match people with similar interests who are stuck at home longing for a social life. So I'm talking to Evan Katrin, who created Quarantine Buddies to connect those isolating at home. Evan will be a senior studying biology at Indiana University. So let's start out at the beginning. So how did you feel once the COVID-19 news broke out? It was hard, especially finding out that classes were going online. Um, I had some friends move back home and I really struggled with that, just being alone. And that's really kind of why, you know, I started this. I myself was struggling. That struggle left Katrin depressed. Katrin said there were some days he didn't leave his bed or even shower. While living in isolation in his campus apartment, Katrin had an idea. He said he knew there were other people like him in the same situation. That idea led to the early stages of Quarantine Buddies, a service launched in early March. Although Katrin never predicted the service to receive much attention, hundreds of people have signed up. He received a significant amount of media coverage and even captured an audience outside the U.S. So how exactly did you launch the service? 
it's formatted as a Google form that people will um, fill out and it's sent to a spreadsheet that I do myself um, and read through every response. And I initially shared it through, I um, sent it to all my professors, professors I've had in the past. Um, I actually transferred to IU from Ball State. I wasn't even sending it to my Ball State professors. I was trying to spread it as much as I could to other schools. And I shared it through my fraternity, my fraternity, like social media pages shared it. I never really expected to get as big as I, as it did. I pretty much expected it to stay, you know, with IU students. But I mean, now there's, as of this morning, there's like 650 signed up and, you know, it's like several countries. Um, there's like 30 different states. I, I never expected it to reach that many people. <laughs> yeah. So how does it feel now knowing that, that this idea that you had, in isolation has has caught on with so many people it, it feels great it makes it so worth it because in the beginning i was working on this like 10 12 hours a day sharing it in the beginning was um super time consuming and you know it took a while to see any like results from that and you know once it started picking up and i started doing interviews and news stories and articles were made and social it was being shared on social media it just kind of all at once it was like a snowball effect and now you know there's like still every single day the numbers is going up so it's 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 amazing feeling social life has always been an integral part of the college experience Catherine said not being able to see his friends in quarantine was difficult. It was it was crazy because I went from, you know, seeing thousands of people a day on campus and, you know, going to class with hundreds of people to uh, sitting at my desk in my room every single day and not having, you know, any contact whatsoever with anyone. I mean, the first like three weeks, I don't think I saw a single person. I leave my house once, you know, not even for groceries. I like ordered groceries. Like I, I, I mean, it was, in, it was insane. It was, and I think that would be hard on anyone, you know, the, just like the psychological effects of that. And that's what I'm trying to battle with this is like, you know, the effects that people are facing from this. I mean, I, like I said, I had no interaction whatsoever. And so in that isolation with with no contact with anyone at all whatsoever when did the idea of quarantine buddies come into play um it was actually in the very beginning so the first few days after i had found out that i was going online for the rest of the semester it was so hard for me to stay motivated i was you know sleeping like all day long not leaving my bed and i just one day was like i have to do something about this um and this was like the end of march I think I had the first person sign up like March um, 25th, somewhere around there. Um, but I was like, you know what, I just, I got up and I started working on this several hours a day and that was helping me, you know, get up, stay motivated, um, staying active. And, um, you know, like I just knew that there were people in similar, similar situations as me and that's why I started it. Catherine touched on specific examples of people he's matched. He told me the experience gave him motivation again. All in all, he says matching two people who are struggling in a time of social isolation was a gratifying experience. I have people from anywhere from 13 years old to 76 years old as of right now. Those are, that's the age range. Um, 
and you know every once in a while i'll, I'll get an email back because i send out an introductory email i'll get an email back saying like thank you so much like we've connected you know it's been a really good experience and you know just reading through them i can just see that some of these people really need it i have a lot of people like in their um, 60s signed up and some of them say like i don't have anyone checking up on me or i'm like widowed and super lonely and this has made it even worse some mothers i've matched saying you know they like have kids in college they're kind of like empty nesters and you know matching those two people together and knowing like it's it's so exciting making a match especially in those situations where i know they need each other you know it's such a great feeling yeah there's several instances like that where i you know i send that match and i'm like this is i know this is going to work out really well Catherine hopes for people using the service knowing they have someone there for them will help them with the mental health repercussions of social isolation so Really the purpose behind this is to um, match two people in similar situations that are, um, have similar interests. Um, hopefully kind of just to make a new friend. You know, we're all kind of going through the same thing, but you know, when they fill out this form, they give me a little explanation about them. And I'm hoping that matching two people together and being able to just, you know, vent about issues to kind of just, you know, share different things that work for them. Um, I don't just have someone to fall back on. That's kind of the purpose of the program. And I'm hoping that, you know, knowing that they have someone there for them, you know, will help with social isolation. Katrin said the easiest way to sign up for the service is through his Facebook page, Quarantine Buddies. Also, he says you can search tinylink.com slash qbuddies. Evan Catron said he loves doing this. He said it's like a puzzle fitting two people together. What does the future hold for Quarantine Buddies? So a lot of people ask me, is there like a certain date you're going to like cut it off at? Um, obviously, quarantine's not going to last forever. Um, but this is something that, you know, even if it's not necessarily still um, for quarantine, I don't see myself like shutting down. I don't see myself ever, you know, um, not taking any applications. I, I just think that, you know, quarantine or not, everyone needs someone. So even if this is a program where after COVID, after things get better, if people still need someone, I would love to keep it open and continue pairing people. For WFHB, I'm Cade Young. Monroe County Health Department advises to use technology to connect with others frequently and look for the good stuff, the helpers, time with family, the opportunities to pull together. We want to make you aware of the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. You can reach the Suicide Prevention Lifeline by calling 800-273-8255. Coming up next, Better Beware, your weekly consumer watchdog segment, hosted and produced by Richard Fish. Welcome to Better Beware. Here's your consumer watchdog from WFHB Community Radio with the latest information and helpful hints designed to keep your head out of the clouds, your feet on the ground, and your money in your pocket. Gee, you think we'd be safe staying at home all the time. Well, that does make it hard for a stranger to pull you into a dark doorway or a pickpocket to stumble into you and lift your wallet. But ironically enough, it's actually made it easier for the swindlers to work some of their games. Like fake coupons, for instance. 
people are shopping online a lot these days, and people whose income has shut down because their business has closed are looking for bargains. Coupons are like extra money, except when they're fake. Uh, coupons have been around for a long time, but when they're a piece of paper you get in the mail or cut out of a newspaper, it's both difficult and expensive to fake them. Now, however, coupons are electronic. You download them and print them out, or just put them on your phone. A scammer can create a fake coupon and send zillions of them out. Of course, if you try to use them, they don't work. So what does the scammer get out of it? A chance to suck you into a website or an AI that wants your personal information to qualify for an extra big deal. Or worse, a chance to infect your phone or your computer with malware. The Better Business Bureau is warning about fake coupons flooding social media, and they say if a coupon doesn't have an expiration date or needs your personal information, it's a scam. Any coupon you get from anywhere else should be checked on the seller's website and get there yourself, not by clicking a link. But that's not the only scam people are falling for in greater numbers now. Apparently, quite a lot of people are deciding to adopt a pet and trying to do it online. The Better Business Bureau says reports of what they call puppy scams, although it can happen with any kind of pet, have skyrocketed in Indiana since the stay-at-home orders came into force. They have found that at least 80% of the sponsored links that come up when you do an Internet search for pets, 8 out of 10, are scams. Expensive breeds offered at a bargain or extra charges for vaccinations or special shipping are common tactics. And after they take your money, they say the pet can't be delivered because of COVID-19 restrictions. But the real reason is the pet doesn't exist. It's never a good idea to get any pet, even a goldfish, unless you see it in person first. If you must look on the Internet, don't send cash in any form. And don't give a scammer your credit card number and security code either. Your best option, especially right now, is to get in touch with the local animal shelter. Or just wait until you can go and pick up your new family member in person. I'm Richard Fish for WFHB News and Public Affairs. Better Beware comes to you from WFHB Bloomington, Indiana. Find all our episodes at wfhb.org. If you can help put the kibosh on a con, email beware at wfhb.org. Remember, swindlers never give a sucker an even break. You've been listening to the WFHB Local News. Today's headlines were written by Cade Young and Sydney Foreman in partnership with CATS, Community Access Television Services. Better Beware was produced by Richard Fish. Our feature was produced by Cade Young. Our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and the Social Climbers. Our executive producer is Cade Young. For WFHB, I'm Sydney Foreman. And I'm Cade Young. 
Thanks for supporting Indiana's only volunteer-powered, listener-supported, independent local news program. You can hear tonight's full broadcast as well as other WFHB programming online at WFHB.org. You can be a part of our award-winning news team. For more information about joining our volunteer team of citizen journalists, email news at WFHB.org. Stay tuned for Cool Solutions, coming up next on WFHB. WFHB Local News on WFHB Community Radio. Our news is written and reported by volunteers working to provide local news, cover local issues, and strengthen our local community. We invite you to participate. You may submit questions, comments, and story ideas to news at WFHB.org. You can become a WFHB Local News Volunteer by attending new volunteer orientation. Feel free to check out the WFHB Local News Archive at WFHB.org to find newscasts, individual stories, and catch a live feed of the WFHB Local News. We are local, longer, 